Ladies and gentlemen, it's Sunday morning. It's an all-new episode of the Rap Lab. It's your boy, the Candyman, the A-L-F-R-E to the D. And as they would say, I'm the Dreadlock Wonder, T-O. So y'all know the question. What's the dealio? Meeny, 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 meeny. Ah! Meeny, 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 meeny. Say what? Always wanted to do that. This is the one and only True G. They call me the QG. And by that intro, you already know what we're going to discuss today. If y'all know y'all true classic 90s hip-hop, y'all know what we're talking about today. A true throwback and a personal favorite of mine. We talking about De La Soul. Yes, the soul. Of the soul. And uh, we've been wanting to do this episode since July, but, you know, things have been putting it off. But uh, we finally here to talk about the three-man group from Long Island. And uh, I'm here at QG and TO, and it's always going to be a pleasure to talk rap with y'all. But particularly, we're going to show some love to Strong Island this week. And... Um, Absolutely. Let's just get let's just jump right into it. So uh De La Soul forms in nineteen eighty-eight. They are from Amityville, Long Island. Shout outs to everybody in Nassau and Suffolk. Yeah, I know you are my people. Uh the members are uh see now, they tried to be different, so they got some weird ass names, but uh <laughs> uh Nos, uh which is sound sop backwards, true goy, which is yogurt backwards. And Maceo, who's, you know, it's just Maceo. But anyway, um, so before we talk about De La Soul in in full, let's, let's talk about the landscape of Long Island hip-hop. Like we said, we're there from Amityville, New York. Um, QG, you're our resident expert um, uh, on, on the rap lab of everything Queens and East. So, uh, <laughs> you know, when you, when you go up 495, you headed to Long Island. So tell us... Um, What's the landscape of hip hop in 1988 as far as Long Island is concerned? 1988, when it comes to Long Island, obviously the um, the names that ring a bell, you got to talk about Rakim, who's Absolutely. from Long Island. Yeah, like he was the poster child of Long Island, basically. And uh, after him, I mean, obviously, you know, we got one of the greatest groups ever. We, you know, we got EPMD. They were that out. ass like Bounty, the copper. Oh, no. <laughs> way to say that one. Yeah. There you Tell go, you see? Yeah, but a sucker. And you notice, I didn't want to say one word about that because he was just going to jump right in and go with that, see? <sighs> uh, other than that, you also got uh, Chuck D from Public Enemy. They were That's East right. from Long Island. So, you know, the landscape was very, very good. And it was, and the one thing about it, they were all different. Rakim, EPMD, Chuck D, none of them sounded alike at all. So, you know, you you had different outlooks, you had different directions from each of the artists that came out. So there was something there, and it was different from Queens and Brooklyn and the Bronx and Manhattan. Because when you think of Long Island, you know, they think of these nice houses and the burbs, but there's areas in Long Island that are not like that. You know, you, you, you don't you don't want to end up in wine dungeon and and the right. wrong time of day or Brent right right. I say Brent was needed, one of them exactly, and you needed these guys to really come out of there and show you what it was really like, and not just Public Enemy, but you also had the Bomb Squad. You know, what I mean, from that whole production group, they were out. Hank Shockley, in particular, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, Long Island, 
they were coming out with something very, very special. They came out with a bang in '88. Now you said something very interesting that I don't I, that I want to pinpoint. And you pointed it out, Chuck D, Rakim, EPMD, they all sounded different. And you don't get much different than De La Soul. Oh, so, yeah. So, and also, before before I get into the next point, Rakim, Chuck D, and EPMD all got one thing in common. You know what that is, right? And that is? They all made classics. Absolutely. So, it's 1988. Uh, Tommy Boy uh, discovers these three uh, from a demo tape that they drop, and uh, that's that's what gets the that's what gets the ball rolling. So uh, you want to talk about classics? I don't think we could mention classic albums from Long Island without talking about Three Feet High and Rising. That's my favorite Dale I Soul record. Oh yeah, and I know oh, on I know on previous I know on previous episodes of this uh, podcast, especially when we talked about. Uh, streaming versus uh physical media yeah i remember my uh my troubles finding three feet high and rising but mm-hmm. luckily i got it and um i love this album but we'll go around the room so uh to we start with you first when you first heard this album what was your what was your initial opinion when i first heard this album like 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 um qg said everybody had a different style so you you look at De La Soul, of course, this is the time like they incorporating a little bit of a you know like a electric type jazz sampling and stuff, and and again sampling were a bit heavy back then too. So of course I listened to the whole album after the first time I heard one of the most known tracks from them, me myself and I. I love that song. And I love the way they let off. Now, when you hear that particular song in total, of course, not just, let me backtrack a little bit. It's not just George Clinton, which is a big sample. George Clinton was the one that had the um that song. You heard that song many times, and George Clinton has been heavily influenced in rap, especially in the West Coast. So when you have people like De La Soul also taking the sampling out of George Clinton and then make it into one of the most popular and classic songs, me, myself, and I, it goes well together. But um, not to mention, they were a little different because this is the first time we also saw how many times they could do skits. So we, we already had episodes back then. Um. Well, how many episodes? Maybe two or three episodes two, before about this. About three episodes ago, we talked about yeah, skits. We talked yeah. about skits. And De La Soul, when they first came in, it was a bit different. So not only did they give you classic songs, but they give you funny ass skits too. There was like, mm-hmm. what, seven or eight skits? They were just about, yeah. That. So it was a bit a different direction as far as hip hop albums go. But when you look at three, uh, three, um, I messed up. I'm, I'm, I'm messing that up. Three, uh, feet, three high. feet High Rising, they had some great, great songs. I like the song, Um, I mean, obviously, I Know, I Know was good. Um, I love that song. Um, Say No Go was actually an underrated mm, song, in my opinion. That's another one. Say No and, Go. And, of course, everybody loves this song, Buddy, <laughs> which we were quoting. <laughs> yep. Now, now, now before yeah, you get yeah. before you get carried away, remember the the version of Buddy we was quoting. Um, yeah, that's different. The remix, is, well, but that's the remix. remix. But Buddy's, I mean, we 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 enjoy both versions. So, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, I'll, 
Yeah, Al, don't be a fuddy-duddy. And, and this is also the time that they're also introducing, because when you listen to Buddy, you have Q-Tip and the Jungle Brothers. So, of course, um, having another few minutes, they, we will talk about how it also gave you a bit of a exclusive preview of another group, the Native Tongues. So we'll get into that as well. But um, Three Feet High Riser was a hell of a great star for De La Soul's catalog. I love it. Even the skits, I love it. Mm-hmm. All right, QG, your your opinions on the uh, uh, on the first album? Oh man, um, what what also attracted me also was the cover. I mean, you got this bright yellow, you got the flowers, and whoever made that cover was on LSD. I'm convinced. <laughs> well, I mean, De La Soul has been labeled the hippies of hip hop, you know. Yeah. And and again, this album has been ranked uh number one in a in a poll that they did for uh 1989 and rolling stones magazine herald this is the one of the 500 greatest albums of all time and it 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 opened up to the daisy age which we will talk about later but much like to said me myself and i was the first song i ever heard and they already sold me with the george uh, clinton parliament funkadelic sample and just their direction their album this album is so positive there's no killing you know there's no there's no you know crazy drug use there's no violence it's just these yeah. guys painting a picture of a world where everybody could just have fun and that's what made me a fan of it they're just young kids having fun and to mentioned the sampling you've got Hall and Oates being sampled. You got Johnny Cash being sampled. You got Steely Dan. That song I know is one of my all-time favorites because yes. of the Steely Dan sample. And you know, when you're a fan of other music and you hear it incorporated in the genre that you love the most, it sells you in. And one thing too about this album, these guys have a, a serious sense of humor. Like those skits are so funny. Like um, <laughs> if, if if I remember. Isn't isn't a, a little bit of soap? <laughs> a little bit of soap is on that. A little bit yep. of soap, and I and I heard that song before on a on a, on another song. That just that little piece, a little bit of soap, and they, they just flipped it and put it together, talking about people washing under their arms and using deodorant. <laughs> I said these guys are fantastic, and also the camaraderie with the Jungle Brothers and Q-Tip, because they said it before. A Tribe Called Quest and De La Soul are like a match made in heaven. It's like looking into a mirror. You got, you know, they, they dress the same. They, they bring up the same things in music. And it was just so good. Say No Go is, is another favorite of mine. Transmitting live from Mars. We're going away from this earth. <laughs> um, Potholes in My Lawn. That's another good one. Uh, I mean, this album is just so good. It's, it's definitely one of the greatest albums ever. And it was just so different from anything that was going on. Yeah, and um, like you said, when I heard it, I, the my, the immediate thing that came to mind was these. You could tell these guys were having fun. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, their sense of humor through all the skits, uh, and then some of the songs are even funny because uh, 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 Jennifer taught me. Uh, she did taught me all right. <laughs> and plug plug tuning was cool too. I I feel like plug tuning don't get as much as much love as it should. Yeah. But um, no, the album was great 
Um, and like you said, there there's no and and it's funny because the album dropped in '89, and in '89, um, what look what look what's going on in '89? You have NWA running rampant. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, all these all these um all all this gangster rap is is taking over. And here you have three guys from Long Island just kicking kicking back and having fun. You know what I mean? And That's like you right. said, there's, there's no drug talk, there's no violence, uh, minimal drug use, and and these guys and 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 if you notice, there's no parental advisory sticker on the album. It's clean. Clean. The Squeaky entire clean. album is clean. Yep. And um, since we since we um, oh yeah, and since we talk about um. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. That's uh, that's actually one of the members calling. Yes, we're talking about you guys. Yes, De La Soul. We're talking uh, about you. <laughs> I wish. Who was that? Uh, Plug te- two. Plug technology. Two was nah, technology, man. But um, uh, where was I? Yeah. So since we talked about Q-tip, by the way, we're not gonna edit this out. I'm gonna just leave it because it's funny. But um, yeah, 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 yeah. Because Plug Two was calling. What's up, Plug? Anyway, uh, <laughs> because because we talked about Q-Tip and we talked about the Jungle Brothers, why don't we talk about Native Tongues for a second? Love so them. the Native Tongues Posse is a is a large collective. For those of you who for those who don't know, it's made up of the Jungle Brothers, uh, mm-hmm. Tribe Called Quest, uh, De La Soul, Moni Love, and Queen Latifah. Am I missing anybody? Black Sheep well, you, and Chia Lee were part yeah, of it. Yeah, you got Black huh? Sheep, Chia Lee, you got uh, Leaders of the New School was also part of it. You have so many affiliates that were that were down with that group, man. Oh, yeah. Uh, did you guys mention Moni? Yeah, yeah I mentioned Moni. You mentioned Moni, right, right. Much love to Moni in the middle. Uh, yeah, it, it was a, just a huge collective group of great, great, great talent. And the, their most famous song happens to be the, well... A lot of people say Buddy, the original, but I'm going to go out, go off and say the Buddy remix was their most famous song. Oh, yeah. Love And for those of y'all who, who the intro went over y'all heads, the meanie, 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 <laughs> say what? That That's the I Buddy remix. I love that part. Yes, yes. Just the way that they all blended together, because let me see. You know, you got De La going in. You got Jungle going in. You know, uh. Queen Latifah and Q-Tip trading a couple of bars. Moni went in with hers. You know what I mean? It was just... Um, and the video. What, like, talk about the video, man. Like, like, what were they doing? They were just skating around, running around. And you see the outfits they wore? Oh, yeah. And it's, and, 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 and it's funny you mentioned the outfits because one of the trademarks of the Native Tongues, and they even say this in the Buddy remix, uh, one of the Jungle Brothers says it, uh, they wear black medallions, no gold. What that means is um, at the time where everybody was wearing, everybody in hip hop was wearing jewelry. Um, they were wearing wooden, wooden Africa pieces around their necks. Yep. Mm-hmm. So right. they, they were really, really different. And, um, oh, before, before, before that call interrupted, uh, what I want to say about three feet high and rising also before we continue on native tongues, it just came back to me. Um, y'all realize y'all talk about the George Clinton sample. Y'all realize they were the only non-West Coast cats at the time sampling George Clinton. Yeah, that's crazy because it was just a strictly it was strictly a West Coast thing, and to have an East Coast group use it, I know they gained heavy respect. Like, oh but, man, like, because because with, with, nope. because with the um, in, in sampling George Clinton again, it's a West Coast thing. George Clinton, and when you talk about sampling. 
George Clinton and Parliament Funkadelic, they are synonymous with P-Funk and G-Funk. Nobody mm-hmm. outside of California was sampling them, so I, I give them I give them credit for that. But back to Native Tongues, though. It's a shame that Native Tongues never collectively put out an album. Ah, uh, yeah. No album, no compilation. Why that, why that didn't happen. And uh, we'll get to it later on, but that that collective doesn't even stay around uh, for, for too much longer. No. Unfortunately, no. They, 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 that was a big group, too. And they oh. were really conscious. They were really, and it's, and it's a whole togetherness of conscious lyricists. And you know what's funny? Uh, go ahead, QG, before I No, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, and, and even though we didn't get a compilation album, they did work together on their on their separate projects. Like, you would always have features, you know, like Q-Tip would always be on a Jungle Brothers project or a De La Soul project, and, you know, you, you would still see them. I think, and, and I'm glad you brought that up, I honestly feel the tribe was the glue of the Native Tongues. Mm-hmm. Because they were able to bring everybody together and work with people on their on their respective projects, those tribe albums. And it's like, um, and the very first, and I know we get, I might get off topic a little bit here, but the first, the first Native Tongues collaboration I ever remember hearing, I was listening to the Jungle Brothers "Black Is Black," and when the track mm. first starts, Q-Tip comes on board. He's like, "Yo, man, I'm Q-Tip from a tribe called Quest." Yep. That's so true. he was the first. He, 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 that was his appearance. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but it's a it's 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 a shame, man. They never uh, they never they never really dropped anything. And uh, Buster Rhymes, uh, because leaders of the new school wanted to be in um be in native tongue so bad, and it always aided Buster. He talks about it in the interviews. It always aided his soul that, that they never officially made it. Let 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 them in as members. Yeah. Yeah. Even even today, currently, you know, you've got uh, most deaf down with them. You got common down with them. You got black thought down. You got Nas down like they they, they are the children of these of this group. And they always respect and mention it like there was actually a ceremony done to uh, embrace and invite these guys to carry on that legacy of the native tongues. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Like I said, it's like a whole big conscious family. Yep. Yeah, and um, like you could, and then there was there were there was spitoff groups because once De La Soul splintered off, a lot of people will say that uh, Spit Kickers um, or it was a spinoff of um, of Native Tongue. So, mm. but but yeah, man, they got a bunch of classic uh, a bunch of classic collabs. Black is black. Uh, buddy, even the song description off Three Feet High and Rising uh, features Q-Tip. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's, so. that's that, that, that that was just awesome. And 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 plus, it worked out so good because all of them are not from the same place. Nope, they're from different parts of the globe, and to come together collectively with a belief is beautiful. You got Jersey, you got Jersey, England. Queens, England. Come on, Long you Island. Can't get no better than that, Long Island. Oh yep. man. Yeah, because Moni Love, Moni Love is from England. I think I think Dilla at one point was like a outside um, help for the Native Tongues later in his career. Yeah, because Dilla, Jay Dilla was a part of um, Q-Tips, the Uma, uh, uh, the Uma. Uma. 
yeah, know, yeah. A production team. So that's correct. But um, but back to Daylato. Um, and it's funny we mentioned on Three Feet Higher and Rising the sampling. Um, you know the sampling is what got De La Soul in trouble on this album as well. Unfortunately, yes. Yeah. Um, the 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 '60s band the Turtles sued De La Soul. Uh, because of uh, they they didn't get permission to use the song you showed me uh, as a sample in in the track transmitting live from Mars, and it's funny because the Turtles didn't even write that song, but they sued him. Yeah, shame on you, Michelangelo, Raphael, Donatello, Leo. Shame, shame on <laughs> I didn't you, say the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you fool. <laughs> no, but I mean, you said the Turtles. That's the only Turtles that I that I actually acknowledge. So, all right. And um. QG, you had said something earlier when we first started talking about Three Feet High Rising. You mentioned you mentioned the Daisy Age. Um, you want to tell us a little bit about what the Daisy Age is? Sure, 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 sure. Uh, Daisy is actually an acronym. It stands for the Inner Sound, y'all. <laughs> and uh, because of that, the the fans were so quick to call their soul hippies, and which 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 upset them, by the way? It, oh, it got them mad. Like they they did interviews saying that this 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 agitated them a lot, and um, it kind of stigmatized them. It put them in this box because it's like, okay, you're this, but you can't be anything else. It's like we're stuck in this character. Like we can't evolve into other things. People expect us to just keep talking about the same thing the daisy age, all happy-go-lucky, peaceful, and everything like that. And I, I believe what they really wanted to do was give us something different, because this is, this is who they are as, as artists. It's an artistic expression. We don't have to be gangsters. You mentioned that earlier with what was going on in 1989 with NWA. You also had BDP. You had all these other, you had all these political groups and a lot of these groups, you know, was bringing up violence and bringing up what's going on in the world. They lot to me was trying to take us away from all the negatives and all the craziness that was going I, I on in the world. Yeah, I definitely agree. Because yeah. and, you look right. like you mentioned N.W.A. They talk about F the police. You got to right. uh, uh, fight the power from public enemy because you got social issues going on. But it's like it's 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 almost like what. Um, off topic of what D Nice is doing in DJing, like how we're going through stuff right now, and how he's sort of like pulling that away to give us like some positive times with his Good old point. DJing, and taking us to the uh, uh, classic records that he's spinning, of course. So that's that's how we officially feel about De La Soul too. Absolutely. I feel the same way. I felt like they were they were trying to give us like, look, we we know what's going on in the world, but let's try to you know let let's 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 cool down a bit, get happy a bit. We're still gonna be aware of what the issues are, but hey, let's 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 give you like fun type of rap music. Mm-hmm. And I guess I guess partly because uh, they were frustrated as being labeled as hippies, um, their second album is a much darker. Like Daylight Soul is dead. <laughs> Is that so... title really, really got me going. I said, what? What do you I mean? I never dead? understood that particular title at first. I'm like, what the hell happened? You, ju- you guys just came out. Oh, man. So two and years later, bad. after Three Feet High and Rising, you have this happy-go-lucky, free-flowing, fun album. 
and then you turn around and have a dar- a much more darker uh, album. And, and let's talk. Let's break it down about how dark this thing really is. <laughs> the album cover mm-hmm. is the first thing you notice, and the album cover is a tipped over pot of of, of daisies. And as you hint, the daisy age is a tipped over pot of daisies and the daisies and the, the dirt is all over the place. The daisies are dying. <laughs> so they basically hey. wanted to kill off the same movement they started. That's right. Also, also, I want to go on and say that the intro to this album, in my whole humbled opinion, is the greatest intro in all of hip hop albums. You can say that. Yeah. Ain't no wrong with that. Now, for those yep. of y'all who never heard this album, I'm gonna put it to you like this. So the way the the way the intro starts off, it starts off like an audio book, right? And and basically, uh, they, somebody put a cassette in the cassette player, and uh, it tells you when you hear a ping, you turn the page on the book that you're reading. And what sh- what what stood out to me the most on this intro is a bunch of kid, little kids talking, right? Like, I guess they're in a schoolyard or whatever. And the kid, they talking about vanilla ice and mm-hmm. all these other type of rappers. And then one of the kids says, well, I found a De La Soul tape in the trash. And I'm just sitting, I, I heard that. And I just sat back to myself and said, as the artist, why would you, why you like you you were that enraged by people calling you hippies that you basically wanted to trash your whole first album artistic expression which they were serious about that which we all could agree that their first album is a landmark album that every true hip hop head should have heard by now mm-hmm. correct mm, correct but th- this whole album is just dark and and it's it's a drastic shift because usually you see artists, they gradually get this way, but they just did a, a whole 360 and turned the other way. And 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 one of them we could, I one one example I could definitely pull uh, pull off is what was that track? Millie, oh sorry, Millie pulled a pistol on Santa. Oh my God! First of all, another, when I first saw another the George Clinton, I said, "What the hell are they talking about?" Until you hear the song, I was like, "What?" What did we talk? What did I say earlier about no drugs? My brother's a basshead. And this album got five mics. Yep, that, from the source. Yep. You got the track past the plugs. Unbelievable. And once again, <laughs> so wait, it's, I, I want to talk about something now that down at To mentioned past the plugs. Do you remember the the standout line of that song by any chance? Let me see. And this goes back to a show that QG likes to bring up, the Arsenio Hall show. <laughs> oh. So Wait, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the show, yes. So around this time, so past the plugs, they rap uh, Arsenio Distas, but the crowd kept clapping. This yes. goes back to an incident where they performed on the Arsenio Hall show. And Arsenio Hall, when you know how like, he introduces the guest that's about to come on, he yeah. introduced them as, quote unquote, the hippies of hip hop. Right. They, they perform me, myself and I. And uh, and it was so controversial because when they came out on stage after he introduced them, the crowd booed them. 
No, sorry, the crowd cheered them even cheered though them. he he felt he felt that they felt that he dissed them. They didn't get booed. But um they felt disrespected also because as the credits for the show began to roll. So they wow. felt like it was a lack of respect because you know you're performing. Why is the show going off air Why before the, the performance is done? While you're yeah, while you're trying to do it, which is and, and I'm glad you brought that up too because they didn't want to be labeled as hardcore. And when you look at the the thirteenth track of the album, Afro Connections, uh, you know, uh, in the eyes of the hoodlum, this song is a direct attack at the emerging gangster rap movement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is which is which is interesting how it's shifted to this to this direction. Here they are changing, you know, what we know them for in the beginning. And you said it, this album is a dark album. And it it kinda set up the precursor to what was to what the shift was going to be at that time. Because when you look at the other tracks, you got um, track 25, which is the uh, fanatic of the B word. You got uh, all you got uh, all this other stuff here. Uh, who, but who do you wor- of, who do you worship stands out? Who do you work? But you know what else? What and, and I was listening to it like, uh, yesterday. Even though this was a dark album, and and and, and uh, Mac, you can attest to this. I absolutely love 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 this song. You still got some feel good moments. Are, are, you, are, are you talking about? Saturday. Yep, track seven. Yep. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> you tip went <laughs> off, man. You tip went crazy. You know me, boy, on Thursday night. War was high, good. Fly like kite. <laughs> I love the way he let off. I love the way he did it. Like answer to next day. Boy, then yeah. let's go hit his way. <laughs> he I love it. So, yo, even the video, he looks so calm and like, I'll just tell the story. <laughs> <laughs> like, but, I mean, you still had it, you know, but, but Al, continue. But and 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 if you even look now, if you just take out all the all the tracks and just leave the skits, the story that gets told in this album is really sad. If you think Johnny about did. it, because because like I said in the intro, the kid finds the tape in the trash. And and ironically, if you really pay close attention, this is the same kid who was in the skits on Three Feet High and Rising, which makes it even more interesting. Yep. So he finds the De La Soul tape in the trash, and and throughout the skits in the album, uh, the 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 schoolyard bullies find this kid. They beat him up, and they steal the De La Soul tape from him. Mm. And then in subsequent subsequent skits, the bullies are listening to the De La Soul album, and they're 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 harshly talking shit about the album. And it just it again, this just goes back to. I, maybe I guess because they were enraged that people mistook them for hippies, but I can't sit back and criticize my work when my work was widely acclaimed. Like, well, is, uh, well, I mean, this goes to show you the how 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 serious they are about their art. This is artistic expression. There's been, I I believe they felt okay. We have to kill what we've been labeled as in order to make a point. And we're going to use our art to do that. We're going to use our artistic expression. So that kid is a representation of who they were labeled as. So you have to kill it. You have to kill your own creation and evolve and move forward to the next to the next level. Prime example. Uh, and and again, this is a hip hop show, but it goes to show with the uh, with with what Vince McMahon said at wrestling, with the lethal dose of poison. 
I have to kill what I create. Where he brought in the NWO to kill WWE, and it's it's, it's kind of like the same same format. So in order for for you to understand, this is not who I am. This is who you perceive me as. I have to kill it. I created it so I can kill it. Yeah, and 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 the rest of the skits on the album. The reason why they beat that kid up and stole the De La Soul tape was because he liked De La Soul, which is crazy to me. And yeah. then um, at the end of the album, on the last skit, the tape, the De La Soul tape ends up uh, right back. At, it, it ends up right back in the same place where where it was in the in the intro, back in the trash. And then also um, there's a fictional radio station which also has its own skit uh, called Worms W R M S, and that radio station plays nothing but 24/7 De La Soul, which is crazy. <laughs> So this album, like, it's it's dark. It, it went to a really, really dark place. But like you said, QG, earlier, um, uh, it got it got five mics from the source, which yep. is not an easy task at all. No. And um, and if you notice, Native Tongues is all over this because who voices the bullies? Black Sheep are the bullies. Yes. <laughs> and this is so, around the time that Native Tongues was on fire. Yeah. Oh, look at it. Low end theory was rolling. out. Black yep. Sheep had their album out. De La Soul had their album out. Did Queen Latifah have an album out in 91? Yeah, uh, Black Rain was out Black in 91. Rain Black Rain was out, was out and, and that got her a Grammy. Like, this group was on fire. Leaders of the... Well, even though... They no, no, out. Black Rain was 93, sorry. 93, right, right, right. Right, 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 yeah. Moni um, may have had an album. I think Shia Lee may have had an album in 91, so Native Tongues was a little bit on fire in 91, if you ask me. But um yeah man, De, De La Soul is dead. Um <laughs> real turnaround from uh real turnaround from from that on you know what we forgot to talk about who was the real mastermind behind their success in the first two albums oh, and actually the third. Uh they were backed up by Go yeah. ahead. Uh, um you were mentioning Prince Paul. Yes, Prince Paul. Yes, you want to give a little background on Prince Paul for the for the listeners? Oh yeah, sure. Uh, Prince Paul, uh, disc jockey, great producer who doesn't get the credit he deserves to this day. He is also from Amityville, so he was around from the beginning with these guys. And just brief, he started off as a DJ for uh, Stetsasonic, and he worked with BDP. He worked with MC Light. He worked with Big Daddy Kane. He worked with Third Base. Uh, you know, he was there from De La Soul's debut. He pioneered a lot in the hip hop production. And, you know, he was just he was just a great producer and he has a resume and a good track record. And uh he's actually the one responsible for all the skits that, that was on Three Feet High and Rising. Yep. It was sort of his idea. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Creatively. He's a creative guy. And it's funny. You remember the uh, Tribe Called Quest documentary that you bring up? The the Michael that Michael Rappaport produced, yeah. You remember what he said about him not being able to uh, be on the cover of what was that um, Midnight Marauders? Yeah, he was he was he was pissed about it. <laughs> that was bad. Yeah, man. Like, come on. Like, you had everybody else, but you did have. Bro, I, don't, I, I, I I to this day still don't know how Puff Daddy got on the, the cover of that. And 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 then they left Prince Paul off. Yeah, that was that was ill. I mean, he 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 was mad. He laughed about it now, man. But that was that was that was messed up because he's part of the connection. Yep. But um, 
But but De La Soul is dead though. As, as even though I got five mics from the source, it didn't sell. It didn't sell like three feet high in Ryzen, dude. No, it it didn't, which is which is crazy to me. In addition, in addition to getting five mics from the source, the source also listed it on its top 100 albums and hip hop list. Yep. And uh, quote unquote, uh, the source said, uh, "The true genius of the album is rarely understood." So, which is true because um, people I've talked to, uh, they've listened to De La Soul is Dead and didn't get it. So. Yeah, they didn't understand the, you know, the concept. But like 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 we mentioned. Uh, earlier they're they're artists and as an artist you know you you want to express yourself through your art form and i feel personally that they did we got the message when we heard it yep now you want to talk about uh, ever evolving style so they have one style on three feet high and rising they have another style on de la soul is dead and their third album has another shift in style (laughs) Oh boy. So in uh in '93 they released Balloon Mind State. They got a come on son, Mac. <laughs> what, what's the come on son? They spelled balloon wrong. Yeah, they. You know what it is? I'm not gonna say they spelled it wrong. They spelled it as if they were they were sounding it out for like a child. Yeah, balloon. B u h l o o n e, which I get. But yeah, uh, and once again. The album, and I guess, and this is a this is a theme for De La Soul because they set the back they set the background with the intro. So uh, pretty much in this intro, I, I and you know it's crazy. I don't think we've ever talked about intros, not even on the intros and skits episode as much as we talk about intros on this episode. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah. So on the intro, uh, the, the, when you first play the disc, you hear the sound of a balloon being inflated. Um. And here's a line that will fly over people's heads. One of the De La Soul members says, watch out, it might blow up, but it won't go pop. And you know what that means. Mm. Pretty much, yeah, they'll they'll, they'll fuck with our music, but it's not going to go mainstream. It's not going to go pop. That's a good that's a good uh, analyzer right there, because I didn't even take it that way at first. Yep, and uh, they keep repeating strong analogy right there. And they keep repeating that line until they overinflate the balloon and it pops. And once again, they're still taking a little bit of a direction of how you know how everything is falling in the control of black music, and sort of like what 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 track was it? Was it um was it Patty Duke? Oh yeah, you're talking track that sort of told it right, 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 right. I know exactly what you're talking about. It's it's that song, uh, Patty Duke and I am I B, where Pasta New said in the line, "I'm known as the farmer, cultivating mate without mending, bending, yeah. compromising any of my styles to gain a smile. Listen while you hear it. There's no pink in my slip. I reckon that the rhythm and the blues and the rap get." Rap got, got me, me red, some, while yeah, the boys from Tommy playing bridge across the larger community, yet they're soon to see. I have a brother named Luck. Like, he was talking some serious stuff on that song. And the only thing that kept them a little bit afloat was they were still keeping a little bit of the sentimental jazz rap still. Because now they were incorporating veterans of jazz, like Fred Wesley, for what I was remember hearing about, um, Pee Wee Ellis. Maceo Parker they sampled. And I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned Patty Dookie because who who's doing the spoken who's doing the chorus? Guru. Ah oh, yeah, the great Guru man. R.I.P. Guru. Mm-hmm. And um, but even even the even the guest list on this album, 
And I have this is the only time I've ever heard these guys, but uh the only Shadar, person I've heard of Shorty No Mask, but barely. No, well Shadara Par is a Japanese hip hop group and I've never yeah. I haven't heard them before this album and I haven't heard them since. That's right. Yes, they were on the song, yes. They were on Long Island Wildin'. Long Island Wildin'. Right, right, right. Uh, didn't Bismarcky appear on Stone Age? Yeah. Bismarcky is on Stone Age. And uh, Black Sheep were on In Focus. Now, of course, oh, yeah. one of my favorite songs, well, besides, yo, the video killed me. I love the song Break of Dawn, but goddamn, mm. how how close do you have to be on Posner's face? My goodness. <laughs> oh, he, probably did that on, he, did, he probably did that on purpose. Like, what the hell? Like, I love the song. Like, they all went off. And, of course, you, you can't go wrong with a Michael Jackson sample. That's a, I, what it was. I can't help it. Woo! What a Absolutely flip. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And what then, of course, flip. you got, of course, you got Ego Trippin' Part 2. Oh, God. Now, here's where I have a big, yo, I'm sorry, De La Soul. We, we, we remember hearing the interview, but that video to Ego Trippin', we know what you was doing, man. Let's get all our takes on it. Mac, you wanna you wanna go you wanna elaborate on it since you went with it? Yo, Eagle Trippin, like I said, like we said, this is the time now when Al kept saying evolution, evolution, evolution on every album they had. But as they are taking the control of the direction of like hip hop music, especially for the black culture, you look at Eagle Trippin, this is part of the taking the aim of parts of hip-hop you look at the video of ego tripping clearly mocking i get around video i don't care I, what anyone says i'm sorry i i i i gotta agree with that man that was clearly that was clear the yeah direction of tupac's i get around video and the yeah. sad part is they were done with tupac nope but we'll get we'll get to that in uh in a bit but um as follows yeah, I mean, yeah. Al, when you saw the video, what did you think? No, I thought the same thing. Mm-hmm. I thought the same thing. But um, Balloon Mind State continues another trend for De La Soul because they get more darker and they and they diss themselves more. But again, the album is is labeled a, a, a critical success. Um, I don't know how much weight he holds in rap, but Chris Rock said it was the tenth greatest rap album at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, the source the source loved the album. However, oh, that's, um, okay. just like just like De La Soul is dead, the uh, the album didn't sell. No, the sales really started to uh, diminish at this time because look at it. It's 1993. What's going on in 93? Like you, you, you know, you got. Yeah, you got you got you got this. You got this direction. You got this fire going on on the West Coast. They're selling. East Coast isn't pushing the units. Yeah, you really look at it. I mean, the the chronic is already going overboard from the previous year. Doggy style debuts. That's an ass whooping. Um, Pox, uh, strictly for my niggas. That's an ass whooping. Doggy Cuban style. Selling. Doggy Cuban style. Selling. Yeah, everybody is selling over there. Uh, here, the rejection. Believe it or not. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, you go to the East Coast, you don't really hear much until. You have entered the uh, entered the thirty six chambers, right? And even though, again, the, the music is great, the music is great. Like again, this album here, a uh, balloon, my state is a. Oh, is a, but then again, I forget. Yo, I noticed. Then I saw it. Trial Court Quest must have been really working. Same years. The only yes, difference they, was their yes, debuts, because 
De La Soul is dead, low end theory. Volume mm-hmm. Mind State, Midnight Marauders. Yeah. It was it was again, they were just pushing the music out from that group and you know and and it's and, 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 and also when you notice they started to distance themselves from a lot of skits. Remember how in the first album, a lot of skits, now it's not even about the skits anymore. Nope. Nope. So it's like they lost their fun, like they're not having fun anymore. They're just putting, they're making good songs, they're expressing themselves through their art, but like uh, Candyman has spoken on, you see changes in this group. Big time changes. Big time changes. I mean, Dave has a problem. Seriously. <laughs> and uh, also, and I don't know if this ha- if this has anything to do with it, but uh, you uh, Maceo, his vocals are, are pretty much not on this album. Nah. Yeah, that was weird. He was only that on was area. Weird. Yeah, that was that. I, like, I, it kind of took me back to Tribe's first album. You didn't get too much of Fife on there. Nope. So I was like, hmm, what's going on here? But um after the after Balloon Mind State, um uh De La Soul decides to cut ties with Prince Paul. Yeah, I don't understand that. You know, I I'm glad I'm glad you mentioned that. Like 'cause cause cause I've been racking my brain as to what really went down. Have you guys found out what was the reason behind that? Nah, because I was always confused. Like, what the hell going on that they cut ties with Prince? Was it because what, the way the production right. was going, or was it creative differences? Like, I, I, I mean, I mean, or, or does it also have to do with the direction that they were going? Maybe they felt like, okay, we can't be who we were. We, you know, we we got to do something different. So maybe we should sever ties with the guy that was with us from the beginning. I didn't really like that. Well, you also got to remember, their albums aren't selling. And at the time, if you didn't sell, the record label was quick to get rid of you. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, their their debut album is a critical and commercial success. But at the same time, the following two albums, while the hip hop heads are like, yeah, this shit is this, this music is the shit. It's not is not is not selling. Mm hmm. But yeah, there's no real like I'm even I'm even trying to put it in Google now. There's no I real find anything. Yeah. yeah. I and, and, and and again, you didn't hear anything in any interviews. You didn't nope. hear Prince Paul say anything. You didn't hear Dela say uh, anything about oh yeah, we're not messing with you. It, it just quietly just separated. Yeah, they just they just split. Which yep. uh, should we talk about the EP? Clear Lake Auditorium. Okay. So Clear Lake Auditorium. Uh, well, you was, see, see, that's why I paused because it's Clear Lake Audiotorium. Audiotorium, yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah, Clear Lake Auditorium. Um, I personally have never heard this EP, and usually I have everything, but it's super duper rare. Only 500 copies were ever made. Um, it's six tracks. Most of the tracks are uh, edited versions off of Balloon Mind State. Except for Shfem C's, which was the only original track on there, which was a collaboration with them and Tribe and Sticks and Stones and Grandmaster Kaz and Tito of the of the of the Fearless Four. My God. Mm. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. That, now that's a posse cut. But uh, what a name, right? <laughs> Whipper Whip, L.A. Sunshine, and Superstar. Where do they find these people? <laughs> but uh, yeah, Clear Lake Auditorium is uh is is very rare. Um, yeah. apparently you can't even buy this. It was a a freebie that Tommy Boy was handing out. Tommy Boy, Tommy Boy, ooh boy. Well, yeah, we'll we'll get to Tommy Boy in in a little bit, but. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I'm 500 copies. It's very rare. I haven't even attempted to look this. Let me look this up on eBay real quick, since y'all know I'm always, always hunting for stuff. See how expensive yeah, I, I, this I is. I don't even know about this either. I don't even get a chance to. <laughs> I don't even get a chance to like. Well, well, I mean, again, I heard some of it. I didn't get to hear all of it. But as far as I the don't even have EP in between. Uh, JD, um, JD was one of the producers. Okay. And, and, and for those that need to know, we, we are the, talking about Jay Dilla. Yes, J-A-Y-D-E-E. Mm-hmm. So, so we want to clear that up. Um, I mean, you've got Spearhead X. you got DJ OG. I mean, <laughs> it got good reviews, but the, but commercially, like we've been talking about, it just wasn't, it just, you know, um, it's, it's an EP. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a, it's an EP. So I don't know what more you expect with with EPs, especially at this time. Well, you you used there's no CD listing for it, but you on vinyl used one hundred and twelve dollars. Damn, it won't be me. Hmm. So that brings us to 1996, which I've previously gone on the record to Ooh, state that it is my favorite year in hip hop. Uh, 96. Now, there's a lot that we that that we got to cover with Tribe here. So first off, 1996, they they dropped Stakes is High. Uh, again, this is their first effort without Prince Paul. Oh, boy. Great album though. Great album. Great, and again, yeah, but... as it follows the trend, the album is great, but nobody bought it. Mm-mm-mm. Um, critically, some people will say that this is their best uh album uh, lyrics wise. Oh, lyrically, they went crazy. And like you said, um, Stakes is High, the title track, produced by Jay Dilla back when he was known as JD. JD, yep. Mac, I know you want to talk about track number three, don't you? (laughs) 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 Shout out to Chicago. Shout out, yeah, I know you, I know you, man. Uh, Hold on, wait, before before he gets into it, I just got to say one thing. It's the soul soul with the daylight. I still want to know why they edited out when he called Greg Luganis bitch ass. I thought he said gay ass. Oh, I thought he said bitch ass, but you know. But shout outs to Common, who was busting everybody ass on NBA Live back in 96. Word. (laughs) (laughs) Only Common will bring that up. (laughs) Only Common. Common. Hey, and again, he's he's probably one of the, uh, he's one of the kids of the native tongue, so Getting a chance to come on here and do a song with Dela, I know that was a dream come true for him. When we when we look when we look at stakes as high and stuff, this is another evolution. Not only that, um, that they shift the direction. The jazz rap is dead. It's gone. The jazz now, rap is dead. Now it's this, totally different. And now this is now they really getting upset at the hip hop community, and this is. I mean, since and it's funny that they brought Common because Common almost had a similar state of mind, and I used to love her. Exactly. 
So you look, at, you, you look at stakes is high. Now they now they sort of like criticizing the hip hop industry. Like now we getting more women in the mix. You got R&B cats trying to be hip hop and everything. You got people still bragging about this and that, this and that. So they they really going off. Now, when we look at this album, of course, they trying to get into the now they they trying to fit in the part like yo now we're gonna change it to the part that i'm gonna be lyrical too like i'm gonna be super lyrical they they actually changed a bit they went they went they went dark lyrics but they were also mocking once again the hip-hop community now we mentioned earlier what was the ego tripping part two Mm -hmm. they were still going out i felt like that last part of what was it? Once again, Long Island was still directed at Tupac. You can say that. I mean, when you look at this album, first of all, De La Soul did most of the production. They did, which was which was which was different. And I mean, look at it. You got Dog Eat Dog. You got uh, you Rates. know Down Syndrome. You got you got um, you know. You got baby, 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 ooh, baby, <laughs> which sounds like a, a, a Steve Hightower in the Hot Top song. <laughs> uh, and, 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 and again, you got Most Def on here, Big Brother beat featuring yep. featuring Most Def, which is it's another one of the kids. Um, how do you guys like your steak? Rare, well done, because this oh steak, <laughs> this steak was that was, I gotta say, this steak was well done, but it needed some more sauce. Yeah, because like I said, like I, I know I'm sorry if I'm like going off on a rant, but Jesus Christ, they were pissed at the hip hop. They were community. very angry. Well, you, well, you, you hear the aggression in their lyrics. Not only did they piss off Tupac, who answered them, and you know, against all odds, it's the funniest shit because uh, Tupac, Tupac said that one of the members of De La Soul looked like quote unquote looking like Larry Hobbs, all flabby and sick. I was like, yeah, that's. And funny. when you look at the members, when you look at the members, who's he talking about? He's talking, he talking about, about Pasta News. Plug, plug. <laughs> oh man! I thought he was talking about Dave, but I I I guess Pasta News does. Mm. I mean, and again, I've done my research. They said that they met that they met Pac, and they told him, "Oh man, we love you. We like we would never say anything about you." And remember, Pac shouted them out on Me Against the World. Yes, he did. Uh, he shouted them out on, you know, old school, where he's like, yeah, I saw was putting potholes in the game. So when this happened, and uh, there's a situation that went down with Tretch. Uh, I, I believe what I read, uh, there was a show going on, and apparently Naughty was supposed to get on next, but Dela did not want to leave the stage, something to that accord, and a fight broke out, like, a, uh, like, a, like an argument or something ensued. And you already know. All you have to do is tell Pac something about, hey, you messing with my homeboys, I'm going to come at you. And on the Machiavelli album, on the song Against All Odds, he threw that in there as an ad lib. Look at that, I sold. But he also <laughs> said, ever since Be Myself and I, y'all been garbage since. Right, I said it on an unreleased track, on an unreleased, uh, unreleased disc song. He's and, going at and, their head. And again, when I, when I felt like once again, like once again, um, first of all, they didn't even say, they didn't even uh, uh, spell it like O-N-C-E. It was like W-O-U-N-C-E. That's another common son. Um, <laughs> but when you say stuff like, um, what they say? 
They said they'd rather be hoes like that male MC who walk around like they got nuts and use the tits and ass like a crutch. Man, the underground's about not being exposed, so you better take your naked ass and put on some clothes. I still felt like that was directed at Pac again for the I Get Around, because what was he doing? He didn't have a shirt on. And, and you know what's funny? Naughty by Nature also got mad at them for, for things they said on this album, too. That's right. They got they were very upset. They, what was they, that song they, they had when period. they mentioned something about so are you ready to die? Which was mocking Biggie's um um rap album. I can't remember which one it was. But they mentioned the part about ready to die. They 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 were they were freaking all over the place. Anybody and, that and, said and, anything about gangster rap was Pac's enemy. Mm-hmm. That, and De La, unfortunately, were uh, were a part of that. And you know, another big thing that that you remember how we talked about they were backing off from um, from from skits. Al mentioned this earlier. Stakes is high. there's a theme here, which is the group is concerned with what's going on with rap and hip hop in general. You guys remember the first track. Now, now I'm glad I'm glad you I'm, I'm glad right. you're bringing this up because the first track confused me because right. why are they right. talking about BDP criminal minded? You see, mm-hmm. that's yeah. that, that that's the thing. And and again, like according to De La Soul, they said this was the first time they heard influential rap. Criminal minded was that album that did it for them. That's why you probably heard it in the intro. It was like an introduction to how they became, how they got into the game. And, and what, and, and, then, and then on the song Stakes of, Stakes of High, they, like your man Dave, he was just sick of everything. He was like a sick of bitches that shaking ass, sick of talking about blunts, sick of Versace glasses, which I felt that was directed at Biggie. Sick of, uh, what he said? Sick of name brand clothes, sick of army yeah, video bullshit track. You got mafioso going on. You got the Versace. You got all the, yeah. They talked about it. Look sick at track number nine. Rappers with their sickening raps. That's another direct to Biggie, in my opinion. Long Island Degrees. You got a redneck saying why he hates rap music. He said, yeah. there's, n- now, now, listeners, I'm only quoting something, so don't, don't, don't hit, don't hit, hit me for dropping the n bomb. But the redneck says there's no music in rap. It's just a bunch of ends talking. Mm-hmm. That's a strong. That's strong. That's very strong. And and, and, then, and this is a year of good music, and you see they're criticizing it. And but uh, but, but here's another thing. I, but here's another thing I want to throw off. You saw how you know how Daylight Soul change. But we forget, Tribe Called Quest also changed their style, too, when uh, Beats Rhymes of Life King. Yeah. They were getting criticized as well by Pac and, and, and a couple other people, yes. Because the, the messages in the De La Soul album about criticizing gangster rap, Tribe was doing the same thing. Yep. And um, this album is particularly weird because they also talk about O.J. Simpson on a skit, yeah. which I didn't understand. And then the outro... I guess they were asking somebody where were they when they first heard Three Feet High and Rising, and the and the track cuts out before before the person could give their answer. So they taking jabs at themselves once again. However, they do shout out Public Enemy, which we did mention Long Island. So yeah, like towards the end, you hear a little bit of Fight the Power and uh, you know and also you know Fear of the Black Planet gets the nod. So that's some Long Island love right there. Now I'm just. 
on, on stakes is high. You think Dave also sent a shot at Puffy when he said people try to snatch the credit but can't claim the card? Showing out in video, seeing they co-starred. You think that was a shot at Puffy? Because you it know how many be. times people kept <laughs> this a Puffy of showing out in videos and shit. And look, and it's 1996. Puff was everywhere. Yep. Yeah. Puff was all over the place. So it could be. You know how many people do shit. You could throw Jay Rudy damage in there. Look, look how many shots was thrown around at this type of rap and this type of style of rap. They were just throwing shots at people that were part of that. Even people from their own East Coast was dissing East Coast. I mean, Biggie against Jay Rule and all that stuff. Well, we know that part. <laughs> but 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 Mac. You want to talk about the song for more, don't you? With Jane. Come on. Oh, God. I know you want to talk about that song. Why do I want to talk about that song? Because <laughs> you're a Jane fan, ain't you? I mean, you're the one that mentioned it on the oh, yeah, other yeah. episode. Yeah, come on. <laughs> you can have that was different. swimming. <laughs> Yo, the way Paws <laughs> let off that third verse made me laugh. <laughs> and, and, and you too, Mac. I mean, uh, uh, Al, you want to talk about track number 11? Track eleven on uh on stakes is high. It's so wheezy. Uh, what, what does that gotta do? Oh, c- c- come come on, man. <laughs> but uh, but after so again, like we said earlier, the album fire, but it doesn't sell. Right. And I don't know if De La Soul just stopped believing in themselves, or they were like, yo, fuck this. But they take a four year break. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know, you guys know how I always say, ain't nobody checking for them past a certain point. Yeah, I think past stakes is high. Ain't nobody checking for De La Soul because what they what they came out with after the break was over. I I think they were uh, past the prime now. So after stakes is high, nobody. And then the funny thing is, they don't even. Like everybody thought they were done because they didn't they didn't do any shows they didn't go on tours they didn't do any features they were just quiet mm-hmm. and then out of nowhere they come up with an album uh, artificial intelligence mosaic thump and uh, I personally own this album and when I heard it uh, I thumped the, the the CD down on the desk and I love and I love Dela but you you thumped the CD on the desk. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love Dela, but let's talk about this album real quick. All right. Uh, I don't know if it's because I got so used to Dela's sound that when they did something different, it just didn't appeal to me, or they were just trying to be different to catch up with the times. But and like, I don't. But however, I don't like this album. But the album got nominated for a Grammy. It, it did. It, it, it did, and they did most of the production. I enjoyed the features. You know, we could talk about that. I mean, you've got My Rights, which is with the alcoholics and Exhibit. Love those guys. Of course, one of my favorites. With Red Man. <laughs> with, I mean, the video, too, with the whole Wizard of Oz thing with Rod Diggy in there. And That's Red why Rod Diggy was Dorothy. Rod Diggy was Dorothy. Exactly, man. Yeah. I enjoyed that. I mean, uh, you know, people. And and, and and Mac, 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 we know number nine is your favorite. Come on now. No, no, come no, on, no, come no, on, no, come on, come on, come on. It ain't Yo, all good. The, 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 beat, the beat was not bad. I like the beat. 
What was up with the video with the with with, uh, with the car wash? I mean, I guess that was a homage to the car wash. I guess you know. And, 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 and Al, you're not fooling anybody either, man, because you got the Beastie Boys on there, and you got the song uh, "Words from the Chief Rocker." Oh, yeah. Now, where, now, where the hell did they find Busy B. Starsky from? <laughs> did, they, did they go to the Met Foods in Harlem? Oh boy, here we go. <laughs> what? Here we go. What? That's where Busy B. Starsky used to hang out in the Met Foods in Harlem. Oh man, you know yo. funny, and, and it's funny that you mentioned Ooh because De La Soul was the only ones who produced it. Prince Paul was somewhere out of nowhere producing that. Yeah, they, they they hooked back up with Prince Paul for, for one but track. But only for one track. Ah, uh, yeah. It was good to see him, though. Good to hear him on there. Me, personally, this album was all right. To me, I agree with Al. I felt like they were trying to catch up on time or still try to prove do they still have it. But I think when you look at the year 2000, it's... It's oh, it's definitely a different direction, it's man. It's so different. The, like how many the, how many how many rappers from their era when they came out when they made their debut were still making music and still rapping? Not much. I mean, not much. <laughs> exactly. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, by this point, yeah. '80s rappers were pretty much quiet. The only yeah. person, the only person you could say was. I wouldn't say around the era. Well, even though they the same time they came out was L.O. Cool J. And that was just the GOAT album. And the album debuted at number nine. It sold 81,000 in the first week. I mean, to me, that's not good, but not bad for a four-year four breakup. I mean, four-year break. Yeah. But again, times have changed because we're in the era like you got the dynasty. And of course, you got the fashion that's also mm-hmm. changing. You got Label. labels, labels, labels breaking got, out. Like oh, not only labels, yeah. but now you got regions breaking out. Nelly, right. St. Lunatics, right. Ludacris, right. Atlanta. Uh, many people still, you know, not much from New York, but now you got world. Uh, how will I say it? Cross country regions now breaking out because mm-hmm. it was always West Coast and East Coast, and a little bit of like at least down south a bit, Houston a bit, but that was like in their own region. You had New Orleans. They were in their own region as well. But as far as mainstream, everybody breaking out. New Orleans is back on the map still. I mean, cash money. Yeah. Um, Atlanta, more of Ludacris still. Jermaine Dupree, the Brat, all of them. So it just wasn't really working at that time. Me personally, for Dale, I saw I would have just stopped at stakes as high. It was, I mean, I felt... As far as the people that they collaborated with and worked with, you got to be a fan of De La Soul to work That's with De La Soul and understand. Because yeah. you got Freddie Fox on here. You got an Alcoholics on here. Like, I forgot I'm sure Busta they, Rhymes is on this album, too. Busta is on the album. Like, and again, Busta is a member of the family. So Rock Wilder produced that track, too. Shout out to Rock Wilder. He now, was cooking. Now, one now, song I will say I loved was View. View was good. View was a good ass song though. View was a good song. They like so those uh they and the thing is that track had a little bit of oh shit, they they had a little bit of back uh of a classic jazz rap type sound. So they sort of like threw that in there for a little bit and then just went for a different production. Yeah, it was kind of like another reason. But I guess you could say it was like a good look to see them. It's how am I gonna say it's it's almost like Times has changed. 
Like, really, times has changed. So, De La Soul just couldn't fit in that era. It's almost, I'm not going to compare this to you-know-who that came back from Welcome Back. But <laughs> welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. I'm back. But Smiling with the bright sweater and uh, come on. Ugh, that damn Mr. Rogers shit. Mace, what the hell were you thinking? And I don't know, like, did Puffy come out with that album in 2000? I know he came out with Forever in 99. Black Rob came out with the love story and um Say Whoa in 2000. Oh, yes, yeah. Say Whoa. So Taz is. is Rap is mixing up now, but also they they break away from the trend because they're outside of the intro. There's no skits on this album. That's nope. true. They didn't have a skit, and they get and they get out of that dark that dark gloomy uh, 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 attitude that they were in for so long. I think it's because of that gap they took. Like they took that long break to kind of reflect and rest and get their creative juices flowing again and. Yeah, it's it's always good to do that, to get out of that dark place. I think that this break really helped them personally. Creatively, we get what they were trying to do, but like you guys mentioned earlier, they should have they should have, you know, like given it a break once they once they peaked. You you guys feel they peaked at stakes as high? Uh, I think that was the end of them creatively. Yeah. I feel this. I, I agree with the soldier. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. And then, and then after that, another artificial intelligence, another artificial intelligence album, Bionics, comes out, and uh, that's in December two thousand one. And the artificial intelligence series was supposed to be three albums, but thanks to Tommy Boy, um, the third one never saw the light of day. Uh, and if, again, you look at this. You look at this album, and uh, this album had a lot of features, though. Mm-hmm. Boy, did it ever! Um, Ooh-wee. Baby Fat with Devin the Dude. I'm like, what? Fat, fat. It's not the best. Now, now baby much fat, like fat. that made me laugh because I did not expect these. I'd expect this collaboration was De La Soul and Be Real. Peer pressure, yeah. <laughs> it's Be Real and Jay Dilla. Yeah, Dilla was on it too. But be real, it just I can understand what we do for love with Slick Rick, but yeah, yeah, real? yeah, Mac, 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 cut it out, cut it out, cut it out. You want to talk about Slick Rick, man? Hey. You want to talk about <laughs> Slick Rick? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> produced by Megahertz. Yep, mm-hmm. Megahertz produced that track. I mean, I mean, I look at this. Silo was also on that album, if I'm not mistaken. Silo. Yeah. He might have been yeah, on that. Yeah, album. Held Down. Held Down was the song. Held Down was the track. Yeah, yeah. Shilo was on there. Yep. I love Baby Fat for two reasons. Oh. <laughs> one, well, one because you know the the the, the song and you know was a was a was an ode to uh, larger size women, and the yes. other reason is because D Unit took it and made a. <laughs> I thought that was amazing. Yeah, but um, again. What are we talking about here? Uh, when this came out, it came out in 2001. And this is, uh, oh, and, uh, and the best part about it, it came out on T.O.'s favorite rapper's birthday. <laughs> who, who is that and what day oh, is that? Shit, it did come out on December. <laughs> Sean Carter was born. I forgot it came, on, it came out December 4th. It sure did. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, 
Tommy Boy, in conjunction with Warner Brothers, they they dropped this record. And um, it's interesting because you see growth among the members. They're not kids anymore, obviously. But what nope. stood out for me was uh, Pasta Newt's, where he where he spoke about fatherhood, religion, being famous. And then the track with Slick Rick that you mentioned, it's a hilarious song, but it's about puberty. It's about sex. And just the direction that they went here. Now, now you have something different. Now you, it's like you watch these guys grow up and now they're in a different mood and in a different direction. You got, uh, uh, like you mentioned, peer pressure would be real. Try to be real. Uh, it's American, which is a song here. Pawn star, which is a song yes. here. Uh, am I worth you? Which is another one. Uh, the sauce. So you know you got. And what's up with Reverend Do Good? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, they had to have a character for the skit. Ah, uh, that was funny. And skits come back on this album very prevalent. Um, because they're all over with Reverend Reverend Do Good. But <laughs> but what was up with the, with the ghost weed? They would have an advertisement for ghost weed, and then the little kid smoked the ghost weed and became Jay Dilla. <laughs> but uh. I, and again, I mean, and, and this album got decent reviews. I mean, I wasn't feeling it, but you know, who am I? Yeah, no, I mean, you're a fan, bro. You're you're, a, and again, what you're doing, you're looking at the evolution of the group and what they're doing, where they came from. Like you said, you 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 want to follow them, you want to keep up with them, but you know going, you know what it is they set the standard for themselves so high with those first uh four albums uh but after after stakes is high they just lost it and they it never came back they did I, like i said the times has changed they, they can't adapt to that particular type of music now it's it's just like it just was a i can't say believable it's just that we're used to them with with the certain style they created and exactly. apparently, like like what QG said earlier, when they when they were listed at that at that particular style, they just couldn't break out of that. Do so you it was think really hard for them? Let me ask you guys a question. I'm glad y'all brought that up. Do you think if they would have kept the same way that they did with their first album, Three Feet High, you think they still would have been a success? Three Feet uh, High wouldn't have, if Three Feet High would have came out in 2000, it wouldn't have been the same thing. Right, like I music changed a lot. Yeah, music changed hell a lot, and this mm -hmm. is where the direction where it was going. Why it was, you know, not their cup of tea. They just weren't pleased with the direction they were going, especially mm -hmm. when when it means not just two thousand like stakes is high. You know, you know, me rating women, you know, flexing about Julie, bragging, flexing as they will say, uh, ugh. and not to mention there was a lot of times this is where Hip hop was also starting to have R&B tracks. They oh, were criticizing heavy, that too. Heavy, heavy, heavy R&B tracks. This is 2001. Yeah, of Shiny Super. Oh boy. And you got to remember, <laughs> like you said, in in this era of rap, uh, people are are in well, maybe not in 2000, but shiny suits were just prevalent. People got a uh, big booty scrippers twerking in the video. <laughs> they got they got cars and money. De La Soul is never about that. No, they're I'm not. Sorry, Al, the way you said Big Booty Scrippers think of what's his name? Ooh, wee, wee. 
Big <laughs> Buddhist scrippers eating scrimps in the, in the club. <laughs> but uh, it don't remind me about yeah. You know, I, you know, I, what? Know, I, I, I was I was in the car I was in the car driving the other day and I had my phone on shuffle. Oh no! Came hey, on, bro. I was jamming like my phone was playing everything I wanted to hear. And then randomly, I happened to stop at a red light, and the next song that came on was "I Like It When She Shake It in the Club." Oh Ooh. no! And I'm just like, I had skipped they, so fast. <laughs> they tried to make you run the red light. But uh, so let's talk about Daylight at this point in time. So after Bionics is released, um, Tommy Boy gets absorbed by Elektra Records. They didn't want their contract absorbed because they were having beef with the label. And um, they go on to BMG in 2004, and they released the grind date. Um, oh, boy. The grind date was a grind to listen to. Mm. So, I mean, I mean, the, the best part, at least they had Jay Dilla produce some tracks for them. Yeah, was also on the track. They, they had Madlib produce and Ninth Wonder. Ninth Wonder that's that's, that's actually a, a pretty talented crew of, of producers working with them. If Is you that think the about track it. where Spike Lee was on that Ninth Wonder did? Yes. Church. Yes, the song Church. Now, MF now, Doom was also now, featured too. Now, Be Real on the previous album was a bit of an interesting moment, but I don't. How did Daylight saw Ghostface? <laughs> I got a better question. How you get Flavor Flav on here? <laughs> well, boy. <laughs> I mean, they had MF Doom. You 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 know what's a real interesting feature? They actually got a verse out of DJ Premier on a track. Yeah, much more. That was much that was more. Interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. He Where's doesn't the produce the song. He and raps that was on it. Production, by the way. That was interesting. That was interesting. It was it was a Jay Dilla production, and it, it, it also had a uh, Yummy Bingham on there, and and Primo, and Primo's rapping. <laughs> now and the only song which which became a bonus track. Thank God, I could not stand Shoot. With Sean Paul, I hated it. <laughs> hated that's that. All the, that's on the European Japanese edition. And I'm glad it was not on the album version. I actually heard that song one time. I was like, hell no. Oh, don't so, forget uh, Mac, Max Boy Common returns. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Days of Our Lies. He was on that track. Yep. Produced by Jake One. And this, and you really look at it. Not much from Daylight Saw I me mean, Super Dave West, but still, it's just like, you know, p- other people contribute like Knife did. I'm not surprised reaction, Knife did the track for Daylight Saw. So reaction, so your reaction to this album was track number 11? No. Yeah, no. <laughs> I don't even know who the hell these people are. I, I heard about Yummy Bingham, but I don't know who the hell was Butter Versus. No, I never heard of that. When I saw that track name, I said, who the fuck is Butter Versus? And you got a Bonds Malone <laughs> on the grind date. I mean, they get, hey, they got Carl Thomas to sing the hook. Uh, hey. Now, I mean, that was Carl interesting was fire, because man. Carl Thomas around that time wasn't really popping yeah. anymore. Let yeah. me tell you, I, I, I know this is a rap show and not about R&B, but after I saw the video for Summer Rain, I never took Carl Thomas seriously after yes. that. Oh, what, what, what's wrong with Summer Rain? He's dancing in the rain. How many people have you seen dance in the rain? He's not just dancing; he's twirling. Wait a minute, Usher, Usher danced in the rain. 
Exactly. So Usher, Usher was a different breed. Usher was dancing. He wasn't twirling. Like, like the, those, those movements Carl Thomas had were quite a little feminine to me. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Didn't Fred Astaire dance in the rain, too? Didn't who? Singing in the rain? Wait, I, I, I didn't hear the question. Didn't Fred Astaire dance in the rain, too? I'm singing in the rain. God, what's wrong it's with the that, rain? That's a different time. That was in the 50s and 60s, wait man. Wait a minute, but Except Puffy so. did the same thing, too. Puffy now, did it. How many times did Puffy dance in the rain? Now, you know how you know how I feel about Puffy. <laughs> Don't get me started. Oh, come on, man. A lot of people dance in the rain. Are you kidding me? But, uh... But yeah, and um, but on the grind date, once again, De La Soul, what do they do? They 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 start attacking hip hop again. Yeah. Look they at did. Two, now you look at 2004. It is really changing. What do we have? Well, besides Nuthead Mace, but what 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 the hell do we have back then? In Let's 2004? see, 2004. I mean, you had Urban Legend. You had uh, was it Woman 2004? Nah, the previous year was that one. Oh, um, 2003. He had the Lincoln Park one. Yeah, I mean, you had people... Yeah, what was that? Uh, uh, collision Course? Yeah. yeah. Collision yeah. Course. Um, 50 was no, already no. established. Yeah, 50 Yeah, fifty took a break until the next year. Yeah. Oh, oh, well, co- college, college Dropout. Oh, yeah, College Dropout. We can't forget that. Uh, Eminem's Encore. Uh, you, you had uh, Streets Disciple by Nas. Yeah. I Kiss think you had by Jada Kiss. Um, I think Young Buck Jeff- Young, Young Buck album came out. Oh yeah, that's right. It did come out for um, Red, Red Light Red, District Red. by Ludacris. Yeah. The hunger, good. the hunger for more. Or Lloyd yeah. Banks. Two thousand four had a little bit of a cum see a cum and, type then you, and then you had Takal Zero by Method Man. Uh, mm. and, that uh, year. Ur- Urban Urban Legend by Ti. Yeah, of course. That was like the biggest one of them all. Yeah, it was a great album. Yeah, Snoop Dogg, Rhythm and Gangsta. So 2004 was a crowded year. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and yeah, uh, hip hop come that same year. Yeah, and, and, QG, and QG's and QG's rap father uh, LL had the definition. Yeah, that's right. He did have the definition. And uh, my, my guy Cameron had Purple Haze, Ching Chong, Ugh. Magahaya, Chow Garbage. Yeah, man, I'm Yao Ming. Garbage. Boo. And the and the Beastie Boys to the Five Burrows. That's right, they did release it. Well, they did release it. Oh, and the Roots also had an album, The Tipping Point. So 2004 was crowded. Is it that the track with that Don't Say Nothing? That is correct. <laughs> Yo, do you know what the hell he said? <laughs> I still don't know what he said. I don't know what, I, I don't even think Thought knows what he, what he said. <laughs> don't Say Nothing. That's the old right. He didn't say nothing. That's the point. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about I forgot about the beautiful struggle by Tyler who came out that year too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that I was a good album too. And uh, the the greatest D twelve the D twelve album with the greatest D twelve song on it, my salsa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my dad is the greatest D twelve song. My salsa. Yes. My, my salsa. What he's talking about? Oh come he on. Goes disrespecting the Spanish community. I'm not. No, no, that's what they said on the song. I'm not disrespecting nobody. Eminem, Eminem actually said it towards the end of the song. But come on, Al, that's not the greatest D12 song. It was funny. Thank you. That's, that's what I'm greatest. saying. I'm like, that's the first thing he could think of is my salsa. <laughs> my salsa. Okay. <laughs> uh, so let's get back to this album. You guys know that the grind date was reissued by BMG. 
Yep, in twenty fourteen, ten year anniversary, which I don't understand how an album that wasn't a wasn't a classic gets a reissue, but hey, what do I know? Mm. Uh now now let's now here's interesting. One year later in two thousand five, De La Soul wins a Grammy, you know. Which is amazing. Finally they win a Grammy. But they win a Grammy for being a featured act. Uh they they collaborated with uh Gorillas who were popular at that time. Oh, um, yeah, Feel Good Inc. won a Grammy for Best Pop Vocal Collaboration. Shout out to the Gorillas. But yeah, after that, they stay quiet once again. They take a long break, and people seem to think that they're done again. So, uh, they went on tour in 2008 with Rock the Bells. They were on tour with uh, Tribe, Tech 9 Nas, and The Far Side. But other than that, they don't accomplish anything. Right. Until all the way in 2015. So imagine that their last album is 11 years apart. So first they take a four-year break, now an 11-year break. And this is the thing that's sad to me, and, and, and I want to get y'all opinions on this. Uh-huh. They had to create a Kickstarter to help fund their their next album because they're not on a label at that this point. Uh, that that made me very sad for them. So so pretty much for those for those of y'all listening who don't know what Kickstarter is, it's similar to GoFundMe. Pretty much you're asking for donations. So they asked for donations to make another album. Um, they did make a hundred and ten thousand dollars in under ten hours. Yeah, they had some heavy support. I remember when that Kickstarter came up, people were donating money. I'm not gonna lie, I donated money. I gave them fifteen dollars. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I jumped in on that. I jumped in on that too. I donated some because, you know, we we love those guys and and the way that, that that they were being treated and to have to do this to you know get another album out. It's just it's just it's just disrespectful. And um, the album that uh, was a result of that uh that Kickstarter campaign is called "And the Anonymous Nobody." Uh, it was released on uh, August twenty sixth, twenty sixteen. But again, there's uh there's no steam in this album. Uh, T.O., your boy Pete Rock does production on this album. I mean, Pete, Pete was just helping. Uh, wow, just helping. But uh, the album. Yeah. Does- <laughs> well, but I'm not saying the way of like he was just there just to get money. I'm just saying like, and and, and I'm not surprised because I, yeah. I could see Daylight doing the Pete Rock track around that yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, the track is called Memory of. Yeah, Us, it, it, Estelle is featured on it. Now, but, but think, go ahead. I mean, Pete Rock around that time was also doing a lot of like shifting around a bit, back in the scene a bit too. I mean, not 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 mainstream wise, but like underground wise. True. If you really look at it, I mean, look at the year. I mean, we're, we're, this is a huge, huge gap. We're, we're in 2016 with this album. Now, okay. here, now here. But here's the thing about this album. The, look at the guest list. We have Two Chains, uh, David Byrne, Estelle, Snoop Dogg, Jill Scott, Pete Rock, Rock Marciano. And the thing is, this album was actually reviewed very positively to the point where it got nominated for a Grammy. The hell what a lineup. Yeah, in 2017 for Best Rap Album, nominated for a Grammy. Now think about this. And this is the thing that blows my mind, right? This album is by a group that has no record that's not on any record label they have to ask the fans to donate money so that they could pay for studio time and to pay for features and producers 
the the album debuts at number twelve on the on the on the charts and gets nominated for a Grammy. So this is weird. There's no major there's no label backing this thing, not even an independent. And then it's still it's still mind boggling that fans had to donate money for this album to even be in the in the process of being made. And it goes on to get nominated for a Grammy. Isn't that amazing? I felt like they were just toying with De La Soul with that Grammy thing. I just felt like they was like, oh, that's well, De La Soul. I don't think they was toying with them because remember in 05, they won the Grammy. Yeah, but this is like past their prom. Where was this when we had like I De La agree Soul with, was dead? I, I or, understand where Mac is coming from. It's well, like, you also got to remember the you also got to remember the Grammy the Grammy Awards have had a long history of being biased and wrong when it comes to hip hop. That's partially it too. Because look how many great rappers never won Grammys. Biggie never got one. Tupac never got one. Nas to this day still he was nominated for one because Life Is Good back in 2013 was nominated for Album of the Year and didn't win. So, and look how long it took Nas to get nominated. So I mean you got to understand the history of the Grammys have not been kind to hip hop as a whole. So how so how the hell did Tarnak Life two get a Grammy of all things? No, clue. and you also got to remember. We know why they got it now. You know why? Because and and again, this is why Jay Z didn't go because he he didn't like the fact DMX wasn't nominated and he sold the, the, the same amount of units as Hard Knock Life. But look how commercial Hard Knock Life is. And I bet you they did that based off the Andy sample too. They didn't even of care course. about the album. Of course. They only did that based off the Andy sample. Because that song was used so much, played so many different times. Like for me. To see them get nominated, I was I was I was happy about that. I didn't expect them to win. But what really did it for me too, you know, um, with this album, it, we mentioned it earlier, Candyman. You said it about streaming versus purchasing. This album was streamed two million times in the first week. Mm-mm-mm. You know it what's sold, funny about that? I it feel sold, it sold twenty one thousand copies in the first week. So, so you see the difference here? Exactly. I was just gonna say that if 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 if, if 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 streaming didn't exist, this album wouldn't have went nowhere. And I feel like you know, I agree. Because you because again, and this and I said this back on all the way back in the archives on the streaming versus physical media episode. You pay one price monthly to get to get access to over a billions and billions of songs. So I would rather pay. It's most people, not me personally, but most people would rather pay the nine ninety nine a month for Apple Music or Tidal or Spotify. Mm-hmm. And just stream whatever, however many times, rather than uh, pay fifteen ninety nine for the CD. So, yeah, I feel like if they were trying to just sell the album and they never put it on a streaming service, the album wouldn't have went nowhere. But it's also funny because we talk about the Grammys. They, they, De La Soul won a Grammy, but they, they didn't win it in the hip hop category. They got no, it on no. the best. The best pop collaboration category, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. It's uh, ironic. It's ironic that, that same, was this around the same time when Tribe released their album and had like. Yes, Tribe, Tribe also had their album, their last album in 2016. Thank you for your service. We got it from here, which right. I think is a classic. It's a great album. Conrad Tokyo. Conrad Tokyo. Who won? Who won? Who won the rap album for for that year? I'm going to tell you right now. It might have been Drake. Uh, Nominees and winners. uh, Let's see. Rap album. Rap, 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 rap. Drake won. 
Yeah, I think I about to say I think Drake won. Yeah, Drake won uh, with views. It's amazing how you remember we talked about Dela was talking about not wanting to be pop, and they win an a Grammy for, for for being in pop. Not their fault, but that I just find that ironic. Yeah. Like I said, Taz has changed. It was like, damn, we're stuck. <laughs> I mean, I oh, well. mean, the album itself. I mean, I heard the album. And I Actually, no, it. I'm wrong. Drake didn't. No, Drake won for best album overall. Best rap album went to Chance the Rapper. Oh. Mm. Coloring oh. book. Hmm. Okay. That I didn't remember. Chance the Rapper. Chance the Rapper won that Grammy. Okay. Um, yep. Um, and actually. He made history because uh, that album never had a physical copy. Um, it's crazy. That that album was the first only streaming only album to ever win a Grammy. De La Soul in the voting, De La Soul finished second. But look at the look at the field that they had to compete with. Exactly. They, they finished second. They finished higher than DJ Khaled, Drake, Schoolboy Q, and Kanye West. Mm. So I don't think that's anything to be ashamed of. It, exactly. Compared to you know, you know to where they started, yeah. Where they started, Yep. The voting had Chance the Rapper winning. De La Soul was the runner-up. DJ Khaled had Major Key that year. Drake had Views. Schoolboy Q had Blank Face LP, and Kanye finished last in the votes with Life of Pablo. <laughs> <laughs> where he belongs. <laughs> well. And you know something? I'm glad you mentioned the life of Pablo because because PD should sue him. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Here we go. He should sue him. Yeah. But um, De, De La Soul actually the um the Kickstarter album um the anonymous nobody it got some great reviews. It did. No, I mean the album itself. Listening to it, I enjoyed you know uh, Pain with Snoop Dogg. I enjoyed um. Was you good. know, yeah, pain was good, and 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 again, um, Greyhounds with Usher, which is amazing because we mentioned Usher earlier. Usher, uh, Usher, that's Usher. Usher, right? Rock Marciano was. A, I, I like Rock Marciano, and 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 to see him on the on the track, where, you know, the name of the song is Property of Spitkicker dot com, yep. which is an interesting title. It was good to hear that, you know. Uh, Little Dragon is on here too, which is with the song it, called "Drawn." It, it blew my mind that they collaborated with Two Chains. Uh, yeah, uh, but didn't Two Chains collab with Tribe as well? Yeah. Yeah. Ain't that something? But um, it's crazy. Hey, because I give Chains credit for respecting the the older culture for that. I give him credit. No, yeah, yeah. I, I totally give him credit for that. And it's crazy because this album went from a project that they needed donations to make possible all the way to getting nominated for a Grammy. Unbelievable. And like uh, Mac and like and like Mac said, there's a group from the eighties. They started in the eighties and they were able to compete with Kanye West and Drake and DJ Khaled. Like uh-huh. that's crazy to me. Crazy. And you would have uh, thought the way that went, I didn't expect chance to win. I thought it was gonna go to Drake or Khaled. Especially with the, all the keys, oh, the keys, keys, keys. Well, keys. you also got to remember that was the year Drake was trying to be West Indian, talking about controller. I couldn't, I, I can't stand, and you know what? I, I can't stand the new record he got now with popcorn. Twist and turn, twist and turn. Shut oh, up. yeah, Drake, aka the lost identity. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah not, it's, not pop, it's, not, it's not popcorn, it's popcorn. 
It's popcorn. You don't want to start that, do you? <laughs> don't do it, Al. Don't do it. No, 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 no. Don't want to. Don't do come it. Come on, come on, man. You, you, you know that culture, man. It's not popcorn. It's popcorn. What you talking about, popcorn? <laughs> oh no. What did Blast did you mean, popcorn? <laughs> Oh man! But, Shout out uh, to Poppy. Shout out to Poppy. Popcorn but, is one of my favorites, so. But um, there's some recent news with De La Soul. I don't know if y'all know, but they they've been signed to Mass Appeal Record, which which you know is owned by Nas. This is Nas showing his love and respect to the group, man. I love that. I love that. Thank yep. you, Nas. Absolutely. Here you have here you have a here you have somebody who 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 was a fan, who was in a position. To help guys that he loves and respects, so that's why he did it. Now, for the fans out there, and of course, from the emails we get in and the correspondence, and even people we know that listen to the show that talk to us about the show, usually we'll bring up albums and songs, and people will go on Apple Music and title to listen to what we talk about. But the unfortunate thing with De La Soul here is that um, you really can't go. And listen to their discography because it's not on Apple Music, it's not on Title, it's not on Spotify. And I and I touched on this way back in the archives on our um, streaming episode. Um, Tommy Boy won't get won't won't post their music. Mm-mm. What now 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 Al, put this out there for the people. This is this this is this is this is where we get to the meat and potatoes. Can you tell everybody what's what's the deal? with De La Soul and Tommy Boy, because there's been some things with the streaming services as well. Like there was a big, there was a big debacle about there. They were on there and they got taken off. Like what is, what is the deal here? So back when streaming services first started, their music wasn't up there uh, because um, Warner brothers records, um, there was language in the contract that stated that the samples that they used were only, cleared for physical distribution meaning cd cassette right so from there there's nothing they could do upon uh upon tommy boy because tommy boy had had, um tommy boy had uh given their catalog to warner brothers and they bought their catalog back so tommy boy owns it once again and they were briefly very briefly in 2019 on streaming services However, they were uh, De La Soul was only getting 10% of the revenue from their music that was on the streaming services, and they were unhappy, and a lawsuit broke out. Um, and, and 10% is nothing, especially when when a, when a song is streamed, the artist only gets pennies on the dollar. Uh, Nas, Pete Rock, and Questlove have all called for uh, people to boycott anything from Tommy Boy. Um, De La Soul has been trying to get the rights to their music. They've been unsuccessful so far. Um, back in April, um, uh, they said that they were negotiating again, but those negotiations fell through and, uh, yeah, and that's been it. And Tommy boy been around forever. Look, look at the, look at the rappers and the artists that were on Tommy boy. Wasn't Coolio on there, Nori on there, a couple other people. And all of those music and all that music is on, is up on the streaming service. Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah, De La Soul, they've been trying for three years now to get to get the rights to their music so they could they could give it put it to the fans, but 
they won't. So if you go and search them up, the only thing you'll find is the uh, the the Kickstarter album, and that's it. You won't find uh, Three Feet High and Rising. You won't find uh, De La Soul is Dead. You won't find Balloon Mind State Stakes is High. Like nothing. You don't. And, and it's sad because that's that's great music, and I feel like the legacy of De La Soul is key to the to the late '80s and and early to mid '90s. Like agreed. And I feel like, and, and, you know, it's, it's all a business. Like Tommy boy could care less about, about educating the culture, doing things for the culture and educating the hip hop fans. And I feel that us being here is important for that very reason, because, Mm -hmm. um, it's basically, it's like they wiped De La Soul off the face of the earth, pretty much, which is, which is not fair because De La Soul are legends. They have a legacy and it's, it's just fucked up in my opinion. Like, why would you only give them 10%? Like, Come on. All and, that and I, hard work they did. 10%. And I'm pretty sure fans want to hear this music. Oh, yeah. And not just their fans. I'm pretty sure there are people who want to be put onto the music or who wouldn't mind being put onto the music that are just not going to get the opportunity because Tommy Boy, they're just being sons of bitches. <laughs> and then if you go to try to hunt these records down, I mean, unless you mind paying like 50 bucks a, a album like I did on eBay, you ain't gonna get it. Mm, this is a shame. Oh man, I feel so bad for these guys, man. Especially with Three Feet High, like you said, that's a that's an important piece of the hip hop culture. That, that's, that's, a, a, that's a landmark right there. That album belongs in the hip hop library with Illmatic and Fear of a Black Planet and all these other classic <laughs> albums, man. It's just be myself for now. Come on, man. You tell me people don't want to hear that? Come on, man. People definitely want to hear that shit. I well, you know, what's, you, know what's, you know what's funny that you mentioned okay. that? Did you know that the Library of Congress added Three Feet High and Rising to the National Recording Registry? As they should. They yeah. they, they, lab, they labeled it as a recording that is uh, uh, culturally significant. Good. That's right. Well, they have no That's choice. Right. As, uh, as they should. Give them the United day. States government honored that album but we they can't don't. hear it no and, that, and 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 what does that tell you that's so that's so horrible nope yep the government can get it right but the labels and the government for the, for the longest while lately they ain't been getting shit right Mm-mm. so and the national recording registry doesn't is not just hip-hop the national recording registry is, is anything on audio so they've got much so they you mean to tell me de la soul three feet high and rising is in the same vault as Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech? You see? That says something of how important that that album is and yep. how important they are. They're important to the world. They're in there with Ella Fitzgerald, Marvin Gaye. Like, look look at all these. Le- Dizzy Gillespie. Mm. You know, you know, I don't know if you guys remember this. You know, I believe it was their website or their Twitter or something. You know they put all their albums together that you could have downloaded for free. Yeah, and they got and they got sued over it. Yeah. So the people that jumped on it early was able to get all of their stuff for free. Yep. Wow. Oh yeah, I remember that incident. Yeah. It was a big deal. And and then they did an interview with uh Sway in the morning. They discussed that, that whole thing that went down. I was like, wow, man. They were really getting shelved. 
And it's a shame because that album is a classic. And unless you physically own it, or I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure you could like search the tracks up one by one on YouTube. But see, the yeah, thing about can. it is, I doubt anybody's posting the skits on YouTube, and yeah. the skits is what make the skits is what make that album. I looked it up recently, and they got they got they got it in playlist form, but some of the songs are deleted. Yeah, and it will say delete video too. By the way, that's the that's the thing. Wow. Wow, they look at all these people they're in there with in the National Registry. Barbara Streisand, David Bowie. They're only one of several. There's not much rapping here. Um, Straight Outta Compton's also in the registry. Yeah, I'm about to say they had to be in there somewhere, too. Oh, as they should. We need to have more. And Raising Hell by Run DMC is also in the registry. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, pivotal pieces of hip-hop culture get in there. Huh. <laughs> Jay Z's the blueprint is in here. Oh, oh wow! The first yeah, blueprint. The blue, yeah, the blueprint deserves to be in there. I Congress chose to preserve that. That's funny. Don't put Kingdom Come in there though. The chronic, <laughs> the, the chronic is in here too, and that's it for hip hop. As it should. But that's an ultimate honor, though, to be to be grouped in the, in the government preserved your recording. It's too bad the government can't release it. Mm. But uh, let's go around the room real quick. Uh, final thoughts on uh, De La Soul. T.O., we start with you first. Um, it's hard to put words because they are an important, they, they really are important vital pieces to hip-hop. It just sucks that as their, you know, chronological order is going, it just started, I felt like the momentum just started to die, to die, to die, to die. It just kept getting worse. And they still had classic albums. Obviously, their earlier careers before Artificial Intelligence, classic tracks, classic albums. But they are really a great piece of hip-hop. I'm just upset that they they got blackballed. That's just yeah. how I feel. Unfortunate. QG, what about you? Yeah, to go along with what T.O. was saying, it's 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 a real tragedy to see what happened with um, with De La Soul. And I think that, to quote Jay-Z, what he said on uh, H to the Izzo, where he was like, we're, we're overcharging for what they did to the Cold Crush. Today, fans, hip-hop acts, and everybody, we need to overcharge for what they did to De La Soul. Agreed. And, uh, and I and I and I I truly believe that all the hard work, the creativity, the artistic expression, these guys are the forefathers for a lot of the. You, you see how we got the black hippies today with uh, with uh, TDE, with Kendrick, mm-hmm. Schoolboy Q, and all those other guys. There would be none of that if there was no De La Soul. Mm-hmm. So I truly believe that people need to come together and fight. For this group and, and, and it's funny you mentioned Jay Z. Wasn't he part of the, the the reason of this whole thing as well to help De La Soul and something? Jay Z? The thing I had to do with something with title. Well, Jay Z owns title. That's his streaming platform. Um I know for a fact that he um I know for a fact he started title because he was dissatisfied with Apple Music and, and their payouts. And I know that certain artists, like uh, at one point Kanye, but currently Beyonce, like their albums got the title first, like weeks before uh, they would get, get put on Apple. 
I believe with Jay Z, I believe from what I remember reading, he's they said that they're not going to put their music on there until Tommy Boy gives De La Soul what they deserve. Yeah, okay. I believe I believe that's what he said because I know they was on there. I know they were praising him. I think it was twenty in the morning, if I'm not mistaken. They were praising him for his actions. Because because Jay Jay took a stance. He was like, Tommy Boy needs to give De La Soul what is owed to them. If until they do that, we're not going to put their music up here because they're not going to get paid from it. No. So that, that that's the thing that Jay really took a stance for. So to, to wrap up my final view, love these guys. And I, I, I hope this episode opens up a lot of people's eyes to how the music industry could just chew you up and spit you out. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to echo that. And again, I feel, I feel like, I'm going to echo that sentiment and feel like, yo, Tommy Boy is wrong. Um, and it just goes to show, like, if they would uh, if they would release the music for streaming, it would be a success. Because, look, 2017, they were the runner-up to Rap Album of the Year off of an album that they had to ask fans for donations in order to, to produce. That should tell you something. Exactly. So, but yeah. It's my thoughts on Daylight. I mean, for, for the listeners out there, if you could try to find any of these albums, I mean, I this is one thing I can't help y'all on because, you know, if I distribute their music, I'll get sued, and I'm not trying to get sued. We're not trying to shut down the rap lab because uh, this is a good thing going. But uh, before we get out of here, a couple shout-outs. Um, I want to shout-out a, a friend of the show and our, our brother podcast, uh, The Cool Podcast with the cool brother Malik. You can find Shout that on the uh, cool brother. Yeah. Spotify the, the and Anchor. The coolest nigga what? That's that's <laughs> the coolest. Airs on Spotify and Anchor. New episodes every Wednesday. Um definitely check that out. Uh, Malik is a good friend of the show. Shout outs to Philly and shout outs to Pittsburgh. Um definitely um you want to give that a shout. My favorite episode was that episode he did on the history of black women in America. Oh yes. Ve- ve- very episode. very very Ooh. powerful content that that man Ooh. did. He went um, off. He, he broke it down. Malika, I know you listen to the show, so uh, we got to get you on here, bro. We got to oh, talk about yeah. we got to talk about Philly, man. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about uh, uh, Will Smith and Cosby and some cheesesteaks, man. And ride it <laughs> down Market Street too. <laughs> Absolutely. And then uh, also shout outs to uh, a huge friend of the show, uh, Stephen Duggan, uh, my main man. Uh, I chopped it up with him uh, via email last night. Um, yeah, man, uh, definitely a, a a good guy. And a big uh, birthday shout out to my boy Jay Smith, the guy who produced the opening of the Rap Lab. Yep, uh, and um, man, I, I I know you guys haven't heard the Rap Lab theme in a, in, a, in, a, in a bit, but we working on it. Uh, editing issues don't allow me to to put the song in right now, but shout outs to Jay Smith. And uh, yeah, so any uh, Tio, anybody you want to shout out real quick before we get out of here? Uh, let's see. We shout out Brooklyn, Queens, Bronx, Staten Island, Manhattan. I don't know. Nah, <laughs> nah, nah, I be like that, man. Nah, you just nah, man. Shout out to shout out to you know what? I, I want to give I want to give a special shout out to everybody who who's guest starred at least on our show. Lately. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah. shout out shout, shout out to Melina Tasha, and Black and Eric. Eric right. all, all my peoples that came through. Yes. All of y'all who who had the guest star, this is you know we wouldn't be here still without y'all as well. Y'all help contribute to parts of the episodes, and, and well, Melina can't forget about you too. Tawazi, 
to Wazi. Definitely not black. Yeah, shout out to all our supporters, man. All the and people the that share the share the links and and, 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 and and worldwide too, because you you got you guys coming in with the emails from uh, Paraguay, England, Grand Rapids, Springfield, right. Massachusetts. So, oh, we love so you guys. All you guys love play a part. So right right now we number three on the music podcast charts in the United Arab Emirates. So. All right. Shout out hey. to them over there. Um, shout out to the United, yep, United Arab Emirates. Thank you, guys. Oh, and uh, before I forget, shout out to our boy Johnny who did the artwork for us. Uh, he's got a photo oh, book yeah. coming out. He's got a yeah. photo book coming out real soon. So uh, when it drops, we'll put the link in the description. But uh, mm-hmm. shout outs to that man, a uh, real good friend of the show. Uh, he, he was featured on the Latino rapper episode. So uh, most definitely. I hope he didn't mix to, uh, Hennessy with tomato juice. I'm still have to talk to Nori about that. <laughs> you, you just won't let that go, will you? <laughs> that's na- that's the nastiest mix I ever heard. Oh, I'm gonna have to go to, to, to Left Frack City and find Nori. We want, I gotta have a talk with him. Okay, have a talk with him. I don't think he mixed it anymore. <laughs> but, but that being said, uh, yeah. So we catch y'all next week. It's been another episode of the Rap Lab, and uh, yeah, we we out here. Yes, indeed.